Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. And the Odyssey continues. Welcome back to Flavor Odyssey. I am your host, Randy Griggs, on this wonderful, wonderful Wednesday, July 28th. Uh, super excited to be here with you guys. I will not be joined by my colleague, Robbie Raz, as he will be uh, out at the ballpark again, uh, calling a Giants game as they continue to make their run there in the NL. So uh, super excited to be here, obviously, as always, joined by my good friends, Eric and Jordan, out in Denver. Uh, Before we go to them, uh, please remember to like and share the show on your Facebook feed. And if you're listening after the fact on a podcast, whatever platform you listen to podcasts, make sure to five star, subscribe and rate the show. Um, Well, I guess five starring and rating would be the same thing, but do everything that they give you a chance to do. We appreciate the heck out of it. Eric and Jordan, how are you guys doing tonight? We are doing good. Just smash that like button, everybody. We got to get this show fired up. We are in the salty segment of the show i'm feeling salty this is a uh this is an interesting segment of the show because as some of you may or may not know the salty note happens to be my favorite note in a cigar i love randy when i can taste the salt from the cigar on my tongue i love it Hmm. and so these four weeks to me are this is great i love it well, I'm glad that you mentioned that, and I was really excited also about coming in and doing uh, uh, an official taste. You know, we talk so much about flavor, and in beer at least, you know, in different um, in different uh, arenas, I guess you would say, of, of flavor industries, you get kind of different uh, uh, nomenclatures and, and kind of go-to sayings. In beer, we actually say that, uh, that, t- that flavor is made up of 80% aroma, 15% taste, and 5% texture uh, or mouthfeel, as, mm. as uh, everyone knows. I, I like to use that term quite a bit. And so, um, so, so much of what, what we perceive in, in flavor really comes from aroma. So there's, there's only the five tastes that we taste on our tongue that's proven at least. We can talk a little bit about more. Um, there's definitely two more that I think in our lifetime we'll actually see become official tastes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As we, soon we, as we, aliens land, wow, we'll have discovered those. We got, shots. we got to dive into this. Yeah. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, conspiracy f- theories <laughs> afly on uh, Flavor Odyssey today. Uh, actually, when we all went to school, every one of us, including Jordan, uh, there was only four tastes. It wasn't until the year 2000 until umami was identified uh, as a genetic uh, precursor that we uh, that they can prove umami. that we taste umami. Uh, which is the uh, Japanese word for deliciousness. Well, we usually refer to as savory in English. Buttery um, is that like you can't buttery? just invent a new flavor taste that just is tasty. I mean, well, they did. This one is just uh, whatever tastes good. That's 
That's it. When you say like umami, Randy is fatty, right? Fatty, buttery kind of flavor. No, it's the smell of Doritos when you open a bag of Doritos. (laughs) That's umami. That's 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 not umami actually. (laughs) (laughs) And fatty. I'm glad you mentioned fatty. Fatty is what most people assume will be the next one that we can scientifically prove. Ah. Uh, So fatty will be the sixth. Wait, 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 Randy. What Mm -hmm. what is the difference between umami and fatty? So savory is described as richness. Uh, it's it's commonly found you, in aged cheeses and meats, uh, tomatoes. So Parmesan, it's that richness. Now, now you're I, you're kind of onto something that usually when you get that richness, it's it's uh, accompanied by that kind of buttery, rich, fatty texture. Uh, but as of right now. Um, Fatty is something completely different than than umami, actually, and so so it's it's more like that aged meat or parmesan, um, mm. a portobello mushroom. Okay, is what what people always want to go to. It's that very earthy oh. character, and uh, and and so since we've already kind of gotten into it, and this was uh, not at all by by design, uh, umami is what we kind of see as a uh, contrasting flavor to salty. Salty brings out um, more full flavor in in anything that that you're putting it on, and, and it's it's our perception of of the sodium ions, and in, to some lesser extent potassium as well. But um, but saltiness mostly is coming coming from sodium. I gotta say hello to my buddy Tim. So glad to see you on here, Tim. We're we're, we're happy to have you here today. Um, the uh, so what we wanted to do today, you know, last week we did uh, salty and 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 salty and sour, um, as we went with that uh, with, with a salty cigar and a sour beer with some salt in it. So it was kind of some redundant saltiness, and then sourness and acidity actually uh, promotes and and um, and brings out and accentuates saltiness. So what we wanted to do this week, we're gonna stay with that kind of trend of. Uh, of sweet and sour, or I'm sorry, salty and sour. But then we wanted to bring in a cigar that was going to give us that kind of portobello mushroom, earthy, rich umami character. And so uh, today's pairing for the second episode of the salty segment is none other than a classic Cadillac margarita mm. and the Davidoff Escudio. Looks like you got margarita a nice size there, Escudio. too. You know what? I was really pleased with this size. You know, I, I did some some research. You know, this is one of the cigars. It's very seldom, to be honest, that I have to actively go out and buy cigars for this show. I typically have um, what we're selecting in my personal stock. Um, this is not one that I usually keep in my Davidoff drawer. And I have a Davidoff drawer, but it's mostly filled with Millenniums and so uh, and, and, and late hours and drawer. Nicaraguas, you know. Uh, there was actually some um, assumptions by Castle Crew that Randy would mess up the um, mess up the pairing and just show up with the Davidoff Nicaragua just for for shits and giggles. Um, but I do have the correct pairing today. I kind of had to with Robbie Raz uh, not being able to make the shows. You know, at least one of us had to uh, show up uh, with the right pairing. So I have the Escudio uh, Corona Gorda, but I swear this is the biggest Corona Gorda I've ever seen. I I would classify this as darn near a short Churchill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a little bit narrower. Okay. I think it's a 46, maybe. 
Um, but it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a fabulous size. You know, their, their, uh, Robusto, I think was a 54 kind of what, uh, Perdomo does with that thicker, chunkier, um, Robusto. So I was really excited to, to get my hands on, on this Vitola. Um, so I have the correct pairing. Eric and Jordan, are you guys pairing with Margarita and Davidoff Escurios? We are. We have the uh, oh. the Robusto. Would you believe it? Right there. Consummate uh, professional. I have not lit it up yet. Um, I think you've got the best size in the lineup. Randy. I've, I've had them all, and yeah. uh, Randy's got that. That is the size. So well, now, now, uh, Randy, just real quick, this this cigar, uh, even though yes, you you said it it has maybe the, it's described as having that earthy note. This cigar also is described in the first third by Davidoff themselves as having a salty note to it. Absolutely. So this should be interesting to see if 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 these complementing complementary pairing works. But maybe after the first third, we'll get into more earth. I don't know. We'll see. Now, real yeah. quick. Yeah, exactly. Randy Kevin Acuff already has a comment. He th- says, doesn't umami hit all areas of the uh, flavor receptors of the tongue? Um, so interesting. I was this close to actually sending Jordan a graphic to put on the screen to talk about the new flavor tongue map. Uh, so, like I said, when we were all in school, we learned that there were only four flavor, uh, four, four tastes that we could taste. There was sweet, um, salty, uh, sour, and sweet, and salty, the bitter, sour, and bitter. bitter. Thank you. Bitter is what I keep leaving off. Did that last week too. Um, and on and you guys remember there's a map is like your tongue sticking out right, and there's right. these ranges that said that uh, that you know you only taste sourness on the sides you taste sweet right up front bitter in the back well that's been disproven as mm. well um, and so what it actually looks like is we have over ten thousand taste bud and receptors on our tongues I have more than that of course you you are a super taster. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an actual term and can be proven scientifically oh. whether or not you're a super taster. Oh. We'll get into that later. Um, but uh, with that being said, every one of our, our receptors is able to perceive all five of the known tastes. But some of them, so they look kind of more like a uh, an octagon. Okay. And so they'll have like three of those sides will be sweet. One will be bitter. One will be sour. One will be um Whatever I didn't say, salty, and uh, and so and so those change. So there is concentrations, and that and so they they weren't totally wrong in saying that you have you know sweet you taste more on the front of your tongue. And anybody that's tasted uh, like a sour beer, especially, you can feel so uh, so clearly that tactile sensation. You feel that acidic burn on the sides of your tongue significantly more than anywhere else on your tongue. But it doesn't mean that you're not perceiving it on the other parts of your tongue. It's just more concentrated in those areas. So um, so they actually have a new tongue map. You can look that up. You can literally probably just Google new tongue map. Well, it's probably um, on it's probably on Google Maps. You just, you know, look at, <laughs> do that. I've got one here. I'm, I don't know if this is up to date. Uh, see what you think. Oh, keep talking. I'll bring it up in a second. Yeah. So um, – so anyhow, uh, like I said, salty is one one of the core ones, uh, and, and most people will will, will tell you in, in science field is that these tastes developed uh, through through you know some level of, of evolution of us figuring out how to survive here on the planet as um, as indicators of what to and what not to eat, and so uh, saltiness we have to know what salty tastes like. We need salt to survive. Um, bitterness. 
uh, our hunter gatherer, you know, a core uh, drive would tell you to stay away from bitter. I've gone over this when we talk about IPAs because uh, anything poisonous is typically bitter, and so that's that's your 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 um, biological mechanism to tell your brain, uh oh, this might kill me, and so mm. you you know you kind of stay stay clear of bitter, but you need sweetness in order to have energy and to build muscle and and to survive at all. So that's why we're we have this like addiction to sweetness, you know, we're, we're, as humans, we want sweetness. So um, I always enjoy that, you know, in, in, in all my studies of, of flavor and everything that there's these like biological reasonings for why we would crave sweetness, why we would crave saltiness um, and why you virtually never <laughs> crave bitterness. Um, but umami is one of those things that that's just like it's just a pleasure kind of sensor receptor that that tells you it should be rich and and delicious you know it's 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 it kind of makes your mouth oh, it's water teeny. oh here we go all right so there that's yeah, this is the best i could find that's a uh, <laughs> sorry it's not great that's, that's pretty that's pretty weak, now, now look at look how <laughs> big look how big times. umami is on there that's like the whole center of the, the center of your tongue yeah no, tongue. exactly you know you know what else just to throw since you've got that up there that this doesn't touch on is you also have receptors on the back of your throat and on the sides of your cheeks towards the back. So bitterness you'll feel on the back of your throat and cheeks as well. It's not just uh, there on your tongue. So it's a little bit more uh, covering than that. But, yeah, that umami right in the middle. Now, I believe that if and when they finally can scientifically prove fattiness is a flavor, it's going to it's gonna share some of that umami spot. It's still right in the middle. Um, yeah, it's now, Randy, don't you think here's an here's an interesting topic uh, that what you're what you're bringing up, like you said, like bitter, like that's a flavor that like uh, we recognize is, is theoretically something that could harm us. So we we understand that it's bitter. Uh, sweetness is something that we need, but we don't need that much of it. Isn't it interesting how uh, you know God gave us these flavors? Like it, it would would have been bizarre. It would have been terrible had. You know, God gave us like Twinkies would have been the most healthy possible thing for us, but they're the most the thing that we love the most. We would have just would there be no governor? We would just be eating Twinkies mm. like crazy. So like we have like a built-in governor as to like mm. you know like the healthiest stuff isn't always the stuff that we want to eat the most. Like dessert, like you like dessert is so good. Like you, but you couldn't eat too much of it because it's not good for you. Right. So it's almost like we have a, a natural instinct as to just having just enough of what's good for us and not eating too much of what's not good for us. Well, no, I, I, I totally agree. You know, I'm, I'm focusing on just the, the flavor elements. But you're right. Your, your body is going to kind of reject certain things. It's I mean, to your point. Uh, you're gonna get a stomach ache before you eat so much sugar you overdose on it. And, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> thank you for that, Fuzzy. That was good. Uh, the um, um, no, you, you're right though. You do have you do have these uh, kind of senses and 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 so many things in our body. And to get too deep in, in into um, into all this, but you, you know the the way your body filters these things and pumps things around, and uh, you know so many of our organs are closely. Uh, dialed into the levels of, you know, sweetness and saltiness that that we imbibe in, which actually makes a lot of sense that uh, sweet and salty are what we were able to put into this um, into this season for full segments, where everything else is really more of an aroma. 
Um, and so, and, and I always, and I always use that to differentiate, you know, when people say, well, what do you mean you only taste five things? Cause some people are, 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 you know, either don't remember this class from school or never paid attention, but like, you know, uh, it, there's, there's this fun one that they use in food science. Uh, a lot of people have probably done it, but if you eat a jelly bean with your nose cover, um, you know, plugged, if you hold your nose and you eat a jelly bean, you're probably going to get sweet. You're probably going to get a little bit of sour, but what you aren't going to get is cherry or watermelon or cinnamon. It's not, you know, if it was a red jelly bean, it's not until you release your, your nose that all of a sudden you, you can smell cinnamon, you can smell cherry, you can smell watermelon. Um, and, and so those are actually aromas and just, it's just the five, um, tastes that you taste. So, um, and, and then to the other point is they, they balance each other and counterbalance each other, right? So bitterness is perfect. Counterbalance is sweetness. So if you have, and I've said this a lot of times when we were doing beer pairings, if you have uh, equal amounts of bitterness and sweetness, you would perceive neither on your palate, even though large amounts of sugar are there, large amounts of, of bitterness exist in the beverage if you're tasting it and it's at perfectly equal balance, you wouldn't perceive either of them. Oh, wow. Uh, and so and then so, so that's that's a counterbalance. And then there's um, then they also amplify each other. So, again, like we talked about last week, acidity amplifies saltiness. And so uh, so I, I am hoping that we get some saltiness from the cigar itself as um you know, maybe that was diminished. I went ahead and went with a salted rim on my margarita. I don't typically of do that. Of course. I mean, it, come on. It, Who doesn't do a salted rim, Randy? I, it's, I don't I like. Don't. I love. The, <laughs> I love the salted rim, but I don't like the first. The first. Nah, I, so intense. You know, right? taste because it's too much. You just got to kind of work your way around. I take if I have a lime, I, I take the lime and I scooch away a little spot, and I just get the little edge of the lip on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Control your salt intake. I like that because. Exactly. I, I'm already a little bit into this cigar, and if there was saltiness right in the first uh, inch or half inch here, I didn't perceive any of it because I've got so much salt on my palate right. from that first uh, blast of uh, margarita. And um, Eric, you, you are on the screen. Uh, I know. I'm just. I, now, need, I need more. I need more margarita. I'm, now, I'm already. I'm already in my second margarita. Dad, to your Thank point. You, Matt. Chad. Chad says. Good job, Matt. I don't. He says I don't know about that. What you were saying. About the governor, plenty of people don't end up stopping and power through it, anyways. Right, and those people aren't healthy. Right, that's my point, Chad. Now, Chad, it's not gonna like physically stop you, right? Chad, Chad, you you made a point and that actually just it, it, it proved my point. And so, thank you for that, Chad. The point is, is the people that don't stop at the sweet, right. they end up fat and overweight and unhealthy. Yeah, and so, and, yeah. if if you're if you're right in the healthy. You know, zone. You're not. If you're listening to the governor, thank you. If you're listening to the governor, like (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, you 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 pay attention to that, and you end up sort of like right down the middle. Now, of course, people don't listen to that. That's that's part of life. Like people don't listen to all kinds of things. People like end up you know hooked up hooked on cocaine or something, right? Like that's but that's like an unhealthy addiction to whatever that flavor is. Now, Randy, uh, as you were. Bringing that up, you, you brought up the example of plugging your nose on a jelly bean. Mm. And you said you wouldn't get the aromas of strawberry, watermelon, that sort of stuff. That sort of brings up the point that, that folks that don't retrohale their cigars mm-hmm. are missing out on, you know, one of the better aspects of flavors of cigars because they aren't bringing it through the nose, which has more 
flavor receptors by a long shot, right? Then uh, then your tongue. Talk a little 100%. bit about talk a little bit about that, like the fact that aroma comes through the nose. So if you're not, you know, you know, retrohaling or at least getting some of the cigar smoke through your nose, you are missing out a bit on the flavor of your cigar, maybe a lot. I was gonna say, yeah, you're you're being kind to those that don't by saying a little, because uh, you don't want to make people feel bad. And of course, we don't. If if you if you haven't learned how to retrohale and and it hurts or, or makes you sneeze or you just can't figure out how to do it, uh, we, we don't want to harsh harsh your 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 good time. So there's there's ortho and retro, and so ortho is any anything that you're smelling from the outside of your face going in through your nostrils, and then retrohale is when you're breathing it back out through your mouth and outside. So your olfactory bulb is the receptor for picking up all aromas, and it's connected directly to your brain. It's it, it's up here, you know, uh, uh, above your sinuses. And so what actually happens, uh, a few different reasons why you get more um, aromatics by breathing out than by breathing in. And this goes for anything. This isn't just cigars. This is a, a, a strawberry. You can smell a strawberry. You smell it. It smells like strawberry. You put it in your mouth. You start to chew it, and then you breathe out through your mm. nose, and it's so much more intense. Not only have you... Have you started to like chew it around? You've warmed it with the the heat of your mouth. In, in the case of a strawberry, not so much with smoke, but uh, you you know you're ripping through the flesh. You're you're releasing more of those aromatic compounds, and so by forcing them back past that olfactory bulb, um, you're picking a, a just a more concentrated version of it. And so uh, so yeah, to to Eric's point, you get a lot more concentrated. Uh, uh, flavor or uh, aromas when you're going retro, but what's really unique and I always found so cool with, with cigars is there's some cigars that you virtually taste no black pepper whatsoever on just a regular draw and, and exhale. But when you retrohale, you feel that sting. It all of a sudden just brings black pepper to such a forefront of of the of the flavor profile. You know, um, I, I know there was a ton of talk around. Uh, uh, the Cigar Dojo released with uh, Protocol recently, the Taser, that you don't necessarily get spice on just a regular draw. But as soon as you exhale or you retrohale that, I mean, it burns. It can bring tears to your eyes. It has so much spice in the retrohale. And so um, it's something that blenders, we've talked you know, with several manufacturers and blenders, that they blend very specifically for the retrohale and try and introduce flavors that you're only going to pick up in the retrohale. So uh, if you haven't figured out how to retrohale, there's lots of information on, online. And uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of goofy people make videos that will sit there and show you how to do it. And it's, it's pretty uh, hard to describe. That. Now I can't, it, I, I can't not, I can't not right. retrohale. It's I just mean, the degree to each puff. Like, do I am I going to do ten percent of this puff? Maybe I'm going to do fifty percent of the next puff. It's always some. Right. And the only, no. I, I have a hard time describing it, but the best I've come up with, like, is pushing the back of your tongue up to the top of your mouth while you breathe out your nose. Mm -hmm. That's as that's as close as I can get. Now, Randy, what do you think of this? John Campodanica, if I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, says, adding salt to your drink sort of defeats the purpose in this pairing. Hmm. Why would you say that, John? Well, as I already pointed out, John, and, and we're, we're, I'm sure Jordan will be more than happy to put a follow-up uh, up on the screen so we can continue uh, to address that. As, as I pointed out last week, and I've already mentioned today, salt actually amplifies sour, I'm sorry, sourness amplifies saltiness. And so... 
uh, as we're drinking a, a very sour beverage, you know, and a lot of lime juice goes in, into a margarita. It's the, the secondary ingredient after tequila. Um, I think that the idea is that uh, it it is very salty and sour, and those kind of work together and amplify right. each other. So, um, so in some drinks, it might totally mask other flavors in a margarita, very specifically because of its acidic properties. Now, uh, it's it's seen as a as a kind of magnifying some of those. I wonder flavors. if he's talking about the pairing, um, thinking you know, that we're trying to find salt in the cigar, which we're not necessarily right. trying to do. Um, no. There's just a saltiness. Between the two that we're trying to uncover here, it could, there might not be any salt in the cigar. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I, we, we really chose the pairing because there's some kind of woody, almost mushroom, kind of damp woods kind of notes to this Escudio. And we'll talk a little bit about the cigar. We haven't really got into that yet. Um, but uh, but to, to Eric's point, you know, it, one of the first flavor um, components that Davidoff lists on their website when, when describing the cigar is salty. And so... Um, I, I, I would I would agree that having the salted rim has defeated uh, the opportunity to really taste much saltiness in the cigar because it's so intense. Um, I use sea salt, um, uh, you know, I'm sure some people might be using kosher or or, uh, or table salt. Maybe I'm using sea salt, which is extremely salty. Um, and so for me, I'm not able to pick up the saltiness in the cigar. Uh, if I am, I'm I'm still assuming that it's probably coming from the rim of my glass. Um, but uh, uh, but that's not what we're looking for. Now, we're, Randy, we're getting salty from the from the rim of the glass. We were just talking about retrohaling and getting those flavors, but correct me if I'm wrong, because believe me, I don't know. I'm 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 asking you this question. Uh, salt is not one of those flavors that you would pick up on the retrohale. Salt no. is only something that you could get on your on your tongue. That's 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 exactly right. Again. Okay. What, what you're retrohaling is all aroma all right. and, and saltiness is not an aroma. It's a taste. So you're only going to get it on the tongue. And, and, and I always enjoyed that, you know, when, when you do this, Eric, you know, the, the, the real way to determine if, uh, if a cigar has that kind of higher sodium content, that saltiness is literally after cutting the head. Right. Yeah. Tasting it. Tasting and it I, on your I, tongue. I, that's, that's the part, Randy, that I mentioned at the beginning of the show at the, when we started the show is I love that. When I, yeah. when I gr- cut a cigar and I put it into my mouth and I taste that salty n- note, that's a cigar that I'm, pr- I, I'm already kind of like a little bit. Like if there's no salty note right off the bat, I'm usually uh, not disappointed, but you know maybe not as happy as like when I have a, a HVC Serie. Like mm-hmm. I taste that salty note right off the bat. I oh. could taste the salty note right off the bat with this uh, Davidoff Escurio. As soon as I cut it, put it into my mouth, I could taste that salty note. And the reason why I like that salty note is probably because all of the things Randy that you've just described uh, prior on this show is that salty note goes so well with a lot of things. Salt goes with sweetness. Like, you yes. know, uh, salted taffy, right? Like, we, we mm-hmm. eat salted taffy. You go salted to Salted caramel. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, salted caramel. You go to a, a little mountain town, you buy some, some, some um, taffy or whatever, and it's got the salt on it. Like, those two flavors go together. The salt and the um, sour go well together. Yep. And salt also happens to cut the, the bitterness a little bit. So salt, mm-hmm. to me, is a key component of, of flavors that I particularly like in a cigar because it it does help uh, meld the flavors together, for me at least. 
No, it's 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 universally known as a as a flavor enhancer. That's 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 why you know people go crazy about salt and uh, you know the the really unhealthy folks uh, you know put so much salt on their plate because not so much that they want the flavor of salt, but it intensifies whatever flavor. I mean, right. Think about starches. I mean, think about a, a potato without salt. Right. It, it it would just be be kind of. Um, um, uh, basic, like uh, as opposed to the opposite of acid, it's just very, very basic and neutral and kind of earthy on the palate. But with salt, all of a sudden, starch is one of the tastiest things in the world. You know, potato chips. Uh, you know, uh, sodium is a flavor enhancer. Um, you know, uh, Chad is over here saying, and um, yeah, exactly. It intensifies all flavors and, and just gives a more impactful uh, sensation and perception of all flavors. Now, uh, uh, Randy, uh, as we're as we're starting to smoke this cigar, which is, by the way, I haven't had the cigar in quite a while. This Escurio, and it's fantastic. Like just just firing this thing up right off the bat. Um, everything about this, it does have the earthy notes. It does mm-hmm. have the salty notes. There's a sort of almost like a um, a creamy uh, half and half sort of uh, note to it that kind of coats your tongue. Now oh. I don't have a fancy margarita. Now, Randy, I'm not sure how you did your margarita. We did we we didn't have a lot of time, so we I have to admit we we we, we got a mix, but um, <laughs> we we added some contro to it and we, we upgraded had, the mix. We upgraded the mix ourselves because we were running out of time. But this is well, right, it's Kirkland though, so it's a good mix. Right now, so far, the uh, I am still getting the salty note from the cigar just early on. Is my, my first impression. I'm getting the salty note early on from the cigar and. I'm just taking the little, just a small bit of the, you know, the the margarita salt off of the glass, and you know, early on, first impressions, I do, I like this uh, complimentary. I guess mm. it's not con- complimentary. They're the same. How, 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 how do I describe that? The, both... the saltiness that, that you're picking up would be complimentary. Okay. Uh, absolutely, where where that uh, that richness and that that kind of woodiness would be more contrasting. Uh, so so you're right. I mean this. So I think I've smoked this cigar one time ever, and and I didn't remember. It really does cover such a range of flavor because it does have some salty notes. It does have that richness. Um, so it, actually, let's uh, talk about – okay, let's just finish with the margarita. So I, I, I had to give you a look when you say a mix. You know, I'm sorry. Margarita. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. Not that I'm opposed to that. It's just that it's such a simple drink. It seems – like, you know, Robbie always uh, rips on people that buy pre-made simple syrup. You're it's right. It's like, who's so lazy that you can't put sugar and water together? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, so I, so I, for I me, I, I went with it. And I've been playing with, with margarita quite a bit recently. I'm doing some research, actually, for work, um, very specifically around the margarita. And, um, and so, you know, some of them call for simple syrup. Some of them call for agave, a sweetener of some sort. I'm rolling Cadillac margarita, no sweetener. I'm using a three-two-one uh, uh, ratio: three parts tequila, two parts lime juice, fresh squeezed, and one part Cointreau. Now, Randy, uh, Randy, real quick, uh-huh. you keep saying Cadillac margarita. Some people might not know what that means. You also hear the term coin margarita. Uh, describe what those are. Oh, okay. Uh, I I wish I was uh, better versed. Uh, I think the uh, I think the coin margarita is essentially like a house margarita. I've never it's, heard that. It's it's, it's yeah, it, like when you go to a restaurant and they say, "Well, we have our coin margarita." That's kind of like 
this is just our house margarita, right, so order gotcha, that. But gotcha. now, when you mention Cadillac, what do you what do you describe? So by Cadillac, I I, I just mean uh, uh, simple, non-mixed, on the rocks, uh, no sweetener. Okay. Uh, so literally just three ingredients: tequila, lime, and uh, orange liqueur. Uh, right. So I should say it more generally and just say orange liqueur. The three most common and popular would be triple sec Cointreau, which is spelt. That's what we. Something. That's what we've added to our mix. It, 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 so Grand, Mar- Grand Marnier. Grand Marnier. Right. So Grand Marnier, in my opinion, is is well, it's delicious. It's very very sweet. It's very very rich. It has a more viscosity to it. It's a little bit too rich um, for a margarita. You know, with a margarita, you're trying to have a very light, refreshing beverage with a lot of lime in it. And um, Grand Marnier is just a little bit, little bit over the top, decadent and sweet. Um, where Triple Sec, I don't know, to me, tastes just cheap. Uh, Cointreau yeah, to me yeah, yeah, is yeah. just the perfect orange liqueur for a margarita specifically. Okay. Um, there's other beverages that I think Grand Marnier is is the superior option. Uh, but for a margarita, for me, it's Cointreau. But any orange liqueur, um, you know, will get the job done technically. And so for me, it's just th- those three, no blend, um, you know, not a blended slushy version. That's a Cadillac <laughs> margi- uh, All right. uh, margarita. I'm meat. against the mixers too, but, you know, Co- Kirkland makes it pretty oh, good. I- Pretty good anything margarita. Kirkland's, yeah, anything with Kirkland's name on it, I believe it's probably one of the best brands. Now, uh, Ran- Randy, after after the uh, commercial break, I want to talk to you. can't mention it beforehand. It's I, bad luck. I, 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 I mean, I, I don't know when it's going to happen. He's reminding me that, it's ca- that, that I don't, I'm running not, late. Jordan, I don't know it when. It might it, not even happen. I don't know when we it's, don't, don't it's going to happen. But when it happens, yes. after that, I want to talk to Randy a little bit about um, – so like uh, uh, beer, I mean, obviously it's gone through all these kind of crazy like fads, you know, like the stouts were big and then it was, you know, the hazy IPAs, juicy IPAs, this, and then it became like seltzers was a big thing. Like now it's becoming these uh, canned, um, canned cocktails. It seems to be the next trend. And one of those uh, canned uh, cocktail items that's really good is these canned cocktail Margaritas. So I want to mm. talk a little bit about that progression, and maybe well, I'm so glad. maybe you can tell folks when we get get back about mm. how that might be the next sort of big thing that you see in the supermarkets is these sort of canned cocktails that seem to be maybe the next big trend. I don't know if that brings up any memories for you, but uh, you know, I love I love Eric. He sets me up to be successful on this show, um, and. You know, actually, that does remind me of, of something. Tonight's episode and the salty segment, just as every segment of season three, is brought to you by none other than the implausible, improbable, phenomenal Drew Estate Cigars. I've been talking about this event for weeks. It's going to make all events seem like a community mixer at the local YMCA in comparison. It's going to be the most music, food, booze, and cigars you've ever seen presented, and only in a way that Drew Estate subculture team and familia can do. Drew Estate still has tickets available for their incredible 25th anniversary party, and you can have a chance to be in attendance to be what is sure to be one of the biggest bashes the cigar industry has ever seen. 
Make your way to South Fork, Texas, September 25th, and get a taste of the Drew Estate subculture by getting your tickets today at DrewEstate.com oh. and experience the rebirth of cigars. One of our absolute favorite Drew Estate retailers is responsible for sponsoring all the cigars smoked here on Flavor Odyssey. And that's smoke in. Don't miss a true cigar experience with their courteous and knowledgeable staff and over 600 of the world's finest brands to choose from within Florida's largest walk-in humidors. Drop by any one of their 11 brick-and-mortar locations or visit them online at smokein.com. Yes. Very nice. Very nice, Randy. That was excellent. (laughs) Now, Randy, when we were in Vegas, it was 117 degrees. We were, I think we were sort of, Randy, correct me if I'm wrong, and Jordan, you can comment on this too. When I look back at PCA when we were in Vegas, I almost, it almost seems like a fog. Like, I think we were in some sort of weird heat coma, you know, like (laughs) it was like 117 degrees and I barely remember like half of it. Like, I feel like I was on some sort of weird drug trip or something, you know, like (laughs) I've been, I've been licking like acid stamps for like a week or something. But one of the things when we, when we were out there, Randy, is you were you were talking a lot about the upcoming fad of uh, I, don't, I I hate to say it a fad, maybe that's not fair, but the upcoming sort of popularity right. of um, cocktails in a can. Now that's mm-hmm. not new, like that's that's been around for a long time, but maybe more of a craft version of cocktails in a can. You're talking margaritas, you're talking old fashions, you're talking. Uh, other uh, drinks in a can, but done maybe in a better way. And you you bought some for us out there in, in Vegas that were really, really, really good. Maybe you can uh, let people know, since we're talking about margaritas tonight on the show, it's a, it's a, it's a topic on the show. So we've gone through like the crazy beer uh, uh, phases that, that, that now grocery stores have had, and then obviously seltzers. But seltzers maybe seems to be maybe a short-lived... Uh, uh, fad in in that cocktails might be taking over. Randy, talk about the canned cocktails that are sort of like you know flooding the market soon. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so to your point, you know, in, in alcohol beverage, uh, there's lots of trends. Some stick around for many many years and become powerhouses. You know, I mean, I remember when IPAs were seen as a, a trend and people were waiting for the bubble to burst on IPAs, and that was you know you know. 13 years ago, 14 years ago, and today IPAs are the are still by far the the most um, uh, highest volume sold craft style, um, it, even exceeding Belgian White. You know, when when Blue Moon and Shock Top came out, Belgian White was no one thought it could ever be touched. Randy, remember it, remember the whole like a Blue Moon with an orange slice? Yeah, like that was like just, that was like the thing that you ordered when you went to you know an establishment, right? No, exactly. When I when I became a beer judge at, at age twenty one, you know, I had my dad's buddies. Oh, I heard you're in beer. You know, I'm a craft beer drinker. I, have you ever heard of Blue Moon? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and you know, Blue Moon, great brand. You know, brought out by by the the Coors. Uh, brewing company, and then it was chased by Anheuser Busch, the makers of Budweiser, uh, with Shock Top, and uh, and uh, Belgian White is a great style. It's a classic, old style from Europe, and uh, and and it, it outsold everything. Then IPAs came, and and everyone was sure that was going to be a fad, but then we did have the real fads. So I, I I usually say 
a trend is something that stays. Mm. A fad is something that comes and goes. Uh, and, and one of the, the most interesting one for me working in the beverage alcohol industry um, my entire adult life was uh, was alcoholic sodas, uh, hard sodas. Uh, and, and the whole thing was kicked off by one brand that Pabst owned uh, called Not Your Father's Root Beer. Okay. If you remember that, that it, over a two-year period became the hottest selling thing in the world, man. Everybody was drinking those. Everybody was buying those. And and then in turn, every brewery started making their own. And and you know, Corona had a hard soda, and Coors had a hard soda, and Bud had a hard soda. And two years later, almost to the day, it just died. Really? And they just they just went away. Like like overnight, they went away. And now, Randy, Randy, why get out of their position fast? Enough. Why do you, from your perspective, being in the industry, what what caused the drop off? Why did it just end so quickly? I think it was one of those things where, uh, you know, the marketing strategy was really good behind not your father's. Uh, it was this kind of like salt of the earth, like American tradition of sarsaparilla and root beer. And people just really liked the idea. Obviously, people, again, are drawn to sweet beverages. And it was one of those things where everybody, every American that drank alcohol had to try these things. And they buy a few. And then it's short lived because it's like, man, I'm drinking all this super sweet stuff. Mm. Has anybody ever drank a full it's... one of those things? <laughs> I, I could have well, like this well, that's the much. Thing. Yeah, exactly. So everyone buys a, a six pack a week for the first three or four weeks. And then there's like, okay, so I've tried it. Now I'm done. So I mm. think that one was more like that one was never sustainable. It was far too sweet. It was kind of this like, uh, it tapped into this, uh, you, you know, sentiment that people wanted to feel about, like they remembered, you know, you know remember the old sarsaparilla bottles that had the like embossed guy right, walking right. through the saloon doors and like kind of gave them that sense, you know, and then that wore off and people were like, okay, I'm going to go back to beer now. And, uh, and, and it was just done now with seltzer. I mean, nothing's ever been hotter than seltzers. Nothing's grown like that. We we saw thirteen hundred percent growth. Women um, women uh, like those, right? That's well, that's well, a big see, part of that, right? See, the, well, the thing is, is uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, stats I've ever read. Nielsen, the same company that that does the uh, the ratings for TV. Nielsen invented uh, rating how things sell in grocery stores, and it all started around toilet paper back in the fifties or sixties. And, and they determined like what brands people were looking for, how, me, how much shelf space you needed in your store to have people think of you as a place that sold toilet paper. You know, if you're a liquor store and you have one pack, one eight pack on the shelf, people aren't going to like actively seek out toilet paper at your store, right? And so they did all this like psychological research on how we, we shop as consumers. And one of the, one of the um, polls that they did is they literally put thousands of people outside of bars in America and they polled people asking them their age and asking them what they're going to drink when they walk inside. And as the years have gone on, younger people, you know, Gen X, Gen Z, uh, younger people less and less have any idea what they're going to drink when they walk in the bar. It used to be even back when I was younger, obviously, uh, you know, your, your age, Eric, people went out looking for there was more yeah. brand loyalty and beverage loyalty back then. Like you went out knowing you were going to go to the bar and get a beer or you knew you were going to go to the bar and get a, 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 a rum and coke. You know, you, you had your drink. Uh, the, the younger people have become much more 
promiscuous in Ooh. their selection. They're, they're drinking wine. They're drinking cocktails. Mm-hmm. They're drinking shots. They're drinking beer. Uh, they're, they're really open to all of it. And so seltzer, the, the reason seltzer grew so fast is because it had the greatest average of uh, overlap into cocktail drinkers and beer drinkers than any other beverage had ever had. And so it's, it's, it was just able to capture a bigger audience, not to mention the keto diet was the most popular thing going in America for the last three or four years, mm. right? Uh, you know, as, as we all continue to, to you know, uh, fight our, our, our governors and we over you know, the wrong things, um, we all are concerned about our weight. And so, you know, as, as keto took off and, and all of a sudden now you've got this low carb, low, uh, low sugar and low calorie beverage that allows you to continue to get your buzz going without, uh, you know, imbibing in the same calories and, uh, and carbs of sugar. It was just a perfect, you know, perfect storm. Right. Uh, why seltzer exploded, and now we're seeing it come down fast and hard. Really, so, uh, talk yeah, about that. Talk about that before you move on. Like, sure. are we are seeing the seltzer uh, fad die? Rash. Yeah. So, so uh, um, the company I work for, we also created a seltzer, and recently had a uh, a meeting with one of the country's largest uh, chain stores, and they said, "Listen, w- when this thing blew up." It was all White Claw and Truly where, where are the two big names, right? Same as like Bud and Coors, you know, eat up most of all beer consumption in America. White Claw and Truly were doing the same with seltzer. And so every brewery, like the one I worked for, we all came out with seltzers because that was what people wanted. Well, what they found, you know, fast forward 18 months, they have added in 37 different SKUs and brands of seltzer with 90% of all their volume still just going to those two original White Claw and Truly. Oh, wow. And, and so they said, listen, we've, we've devoted this four-foot section in our cooler to seltzer, and it's only half a shelf that's driving all the volume. So why would we waste all this real estate on things that aren't moving? And so the, the retailers have started to call those SKUs and cut back. Um, and give that shelf space over to other segments where they believe they have greater ROI um, and uh, and enter, as you mentioned, what we call RTDs, ready-to-drink cocktails. Aha! Wait, wait, you said RTD? RTD, ready-to-drink. Ready to it should be RTDC. I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. You know. uh, I, I, I hear you. I'll, t- I'll talk to the, P- the powers that be that assign these acronyms. Uh, but, but, yeah, so, so an RTD, as we call it in the industry, is, uh, is any, any ready-to-drink cocktail, and, and that can be made out of uh, a whole variety of things. It can be made out of grain-neutral spirits, which is basically uh, you know, corn sugar fermented down and distilled. It can be made out of high-level um, uh, concentrated uh, barley. So, so some of them are actually kind of beer-based. Some of them are technically malt beverages. Um, but the best of them, in my opinion, are actually made from legitimate uh, uh, spirits. The ones that I got for us um, out there in Las Vegas, as you pointed out, we, we drank uh, some Mai Tais and some margaritas. They were all fantastic. Yeah. And those came from a distillery rather than a brewery. So this distillery had gone out and they'd won national and global awards on their tequila and on their rum. Then they use those award-winning, very flavorful, delicious spirits in making these cocktails anywhere, you know, depending if you look at their, like, uh, vodka sodas, 
It was about eight and a half percent alcohol. And the margaritas and, and Mai Tais we were drinking are 12 and a half percent. And, you know, again, in my opinion, so much of it has to do with ABV. You know, so much of it has to do with convenience, as you know, so many of us are now kind of on this Instacart um, type mentality of shopping. You know, you want everything easy. Everything is, is is all about convenience. The convenience channel in our country is on a uh, is on a skyrocketing uh, type trajectory. You know, 7-Elevens are, are actually very, very popular. You know, a lot, a lot of us see them in, in kind of like dingy neighborhoods and stuff and don't think much of them. They do a ton of volume at, at those convenience type places because people don't want to necessarily grab their cart and walk through every aisle of the grocery store and wait in these lines. They want to go in, grab two or three things, run up to the front, pay and go. And, uh, and, and so like that whole mentality is playing into, again, same way you guys bought a mixer rather than just cutting and juicing a couple limes. <laughs> Shut it, up, there's, Randy. There's no, it's not, it's, it's not at all, uh, I got, I got the cut. I got the cut <laughs> from you there. Now, Randy, it, it, Randy, real quick though, these, these, this isn't like a uh, Budweiser lime Marita. These, these are legitimately good, yes, uh, drinks. So it, it's like I think some m- of them. So, uh, yeah. No, what I'm saying is like Robbie uh, bought some from Italy. When I think we were that out the there, the people that are watching terrible. might think, oh, I, I've I've had those. I don't like those. But this is a new breed that we're talking about. You you that, brought up the twelve and a half percent. You brought up the twelve and a half percent drinks. You, you wouldn't get that in, like, a lime or something. These are sort of legitimate, a little Very bit more so. legitimate cocktails. No, they're, they're craft cocktails. They're, they're, they're artisanal craft cocktails in a can. Uh, and, and, I, and I love that you brought up that that's not new because I had to think. I was like, I don't know. It's fairly new. And then I remembered the club drinks. Right, right. Remember those little eight-ounce cans? They had the big racks in the. They had fuzzy navel and sex on the beach. And, and I think I had a right. little pool tab on them. And they were garbage, right? They, right. they were they were half <laughs> sugar. Um but but they were high in, in alcohol, and I'm pretty sure they were you know the bum's favorite choice in the 90s. <laughs> but um, the uh, but but no, it's it's a great it's a great distinction that you make, Eric. Is that these are like high end cocktails coming from we- very reputable craft artisanal distilleries. Yeah. So now, that are Randy, using they're real good stuff. Randy, will these will what will be driving this new trend? Is it the distilleries? Is it the breweries? Is it the the big guys, the you know the Budweisers? Who is going to be driving this next wave that people are going to be seeing in the next you know coming months? It's a really interesting question, and and you, you know I mean we're we're just looking into a crystal ball and guessing uh, to answer that because this is a, a fairly new trend. Um, you know the brewery I'm working on, we're working on an RTD line, and Dogfish Head just came out with an RTD line. I think you know so much of it is about. Um, you know, your placements and your accessibility is going to come down to the size of your company and how you can get um, uh, how you can get in front of people. Um, but I'm I'm the ever optimist. You know, I, I totally believe that the really good beverages are are going to withstand, you know, those ones that we were drinking the other day. Like you said, I mean, everybody looked up and was like you didn't expect to taste like the true flavor of tequila in this can, Randy, can we can we can, go ahead right? can we go ahead and say the one that you bought because I mean it was guy, cut water. C- cut water. Like it was cut water. if you guys want to try a really, really good yeah. in a can cocktail, just now there's gonna be tons of these. Maybe maybe from twenty first amendment you might eventually buy or whatever. But if you want to just get a taste of what we're talking about, that cut water was a really, really good drink 
in a no. can, and I mean they weren't they weren't super cheap either. But I, I I don't mind I don't mind paying. The worst part is when Randy drinks all four of them. <laughs> That's true. At once. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all right. So so uh, okay. So if you want to give some people some guidance, so. High Noon is literally the largest one in the country. Um, that one is you, you'll, you'll find virtually anywhere that sells alcohol. But they focus mostly on vodka sodas. Okay. Um, but you do have to be careful because they also have a seltzer line that looks virtually identical. So make sure you're buying the actual vodka soda rather than their seltzer. Um, but then Cutwater. Cutwater was actually the same uh, guys that, that started Ballast Point originally. They sold Ballast Point and they broke off and they started Cutwater mm, uh, Distillery. Ironically, they then sold Cutwater to Anheuser-Busch, which is why I didn't want to say their name because I don't like to promote Anheuser-Busch. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. But the guys that they created it, they're still there. They're still running the same distillery. They're, you know, they, they took AB's big money, but they're still making the juice, and it's fire. It's twelve ninety nine for a four-pack. Uh, and again, they're, they're Mai Tai, and they're... Yeah. Would be where I would recommend people start. Now um, they're twelve and a half percent alcohol. I would I would recommend to to enjoy them at their highest. I recommend pouring it over a glass of ice and yeah. enjoying it uh, okay. like a proper margarita. So Jordan? so Bill Powers makes an interesting point, and he says, "Was there a cigar in this pairing?" <laughs> I, I keep thinking that. I love right, the questions that Eric Cena. Okay. So let's let, talk now, a hey, bit I, I, I hope, I hope you guys enjoyed that little sidetrack because I think it's it's something that now, if you watch the show, you're gonna you have insight as to what's coming in the industry. But yeah, that's a good point, Bill. Let's get back to this pairing, Randy. <laughs> uh, talk a little bit about what you thought of of this pairing, the Davidoff Escurio with a you know a margarita. However, you want to make a margarita. Yeah. So the uh, the uh, the Davidoff Escudio was the second in the Black Label line. 2013, they launched the Davidoff Nicaragua, and they took their classic white Davidoff label and they made it black. And Escudio was the second uh, release within this line. Um, I, I like to call it their Elements line because of their marketing strategy. It, it also includes the Yamasa, um, and I guess late hour is kind of a little bit different, but. Uh, but this is a Ecuadorian Habano wrapper around uh, primarily Brazilian and a little bit of Dominican um, uh, uh, bunch. So it's a, it's a Brazilian binder and Brazilian and um, and Dominican fillers. Uh, they they really really have harnessed this different flavor. Um, it was really a big deal for Davidoff. You know they talk so much about using their primary Dominican tobacco in most of their line and uh, obviously that Nicaraguan which is you know received wild accolades it's a Nicaraguan puro um, this is not a Brazilian puro again having that Ecuadorian Habano but it really lends a very unique and different flavor profile to the Davidoff portfolio of brands um, and Escudio actually uh, and I learned this from my good friend uh, Jordan reading his uh, cigar dojo review of the cigar is that the word Escudio is actually a, a mix up uh, a mashup of the words Escudo meaning dark and the city of Rio which is the capital of Brazil and so they've got some design elements that kind of take you to that Brazil after night or after dark um, kind of uh, campaign that Brazil uses and um and they, 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 it's funny because we've talked a lot about Brazilian tobacco on the show as being sweet and spicy, um, where, where this one has some of that spice but really goes more to a rich 
note, and, and that's because while well, they have a little bit of the Matafina, they, they, they use this Brazilian Cubra uh, tobacco, which I, I got to believe is driving that earthier, woodier um, uh, kind of flavor profile. And so, so then to talk about how it's pairing with the uh, extremely acidic uh, cocktail, I think, I think this is doing exactly what we had hoped it would do. It, it does have a, a contrast that you have this bright, sharp, acidic note uh, in, the, in the beverage that when you take a sip of it after that deeper, richer, earthier, almost mushroom note uh, cigar smoke, um, it really does have this just juxtaposition, totally other end of the spectrum that they're not fighting each other, though. You know, it's not a, a competing flavor on, on, on your on your palate. It's it's taking you from one end to the other of the spectrum. And, and really, you know, while while there's enough acidity in the margarita to, to cleanse the palate. I feel like the, the cigar is strong enough that it really like sticks to the palate and, and does linger. And, and you, you continue to have that residual rich woodiness from the cigar, even after, um, even after a sip of the salty and sour margarita. So, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll just uh, get right to the point and say, for me, this is an absolute thumbs up. This is a great experience in, in, in flavor and how two polar opposite flavors can interact with each other in a, in a very harmonic way. Yeah. I, you know, like, here's the thing. Uh, margaritas get a bad rap as a cigar pairing. In fact, for the longest time, uh, who is that, Jordan? Fernando. Fernando used, used to, be, to be with Espinosa. Made fun of me for years because yeah. we went to a Mexican restaurant in Colorado. Uh, most of our restaurants are Mexican restaurants. And I got a margarita with my burrito, and I got made fun of for literally years. Which but. is bizarre <laughs> because, you know, what you, That's when what you, you do. When you go to a Mexican restaurant, you usually get a margarita. I, but for whatever reason, I, you know, he, he made fun of Jordan. Sorry. But a margarita is a, I think it is a good pairing with cigar, mainly because. Randy, because of the the salty note, like if you didn't have the mm. salty note, maybe it wouldn't be as a good of a pairing, but it does add something to the pairing. And with this cigar, I think you, you nailed it perfectly, uh, Randy, when you were just describing it a second ago. You know, it, there's an earthiness to the cigar. There's uh, a little bit of salty on the tongue. And then you have your margarita with some sour and a little bit of bitterness. And it, it there's all these flavors. Like, it, it's hitting every aspect of your no. tongue. And so I also will give this an enthusiastic thumbs up. Jordan, what hey, did you oh, think? I agree with both you guys. I I don't really know. It's it's hard to, like, put it to paper why I like this. But it's, it's really good. Um, the cigar is... I remember the cigar being more tropical. Like, I remember in my review thinking, like, key lime kind of stuff uh, there's a little bit of that creaminess that you're getting like the second third yep. that was kind of bordering on key lime um but the the majority of the cigar is buttered mushrooms that 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 is the mm. cigar boiled down um but the cigar has that salty little bit of saltiness that is the flavor hook between the margarita i feel like um and it's just yeah it's a, it's that balance the uh, sort of a contrasting pairing you we don't Often get those, I feel like, on this show. But this are you giving are you uh, giving thumbs up? Yeah, I'm going thumbs up. Wow, so three absolutely. three three full thumbs up on this one, Randy. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, I'm I'm I was excited. You know, when we 
we were going through the different options of, of what to pair because we knew we, we thought margarita would go well for salty and we, we were listing off dozens of different cigars that, that we could uh, try and create a pairing with and as we like read through some of them and talked through our experiences with the cigar um, I, I I had a sense that it would be good this is better than I expected this yeah. is very much better than I expected. Now this, this is, is not a cheap excellent. cigar. I think I don't. I think we paid. I think I paid like fifteen bucks a piece for these robustos, so they're not cheap. Uh, you should know that if you're watching the show and you you want to get uh, try this. They're they're not exactly a cheap cigar, but it isn't you know, you don't expect a Davidoff to be cheap. And no. and frankly, it's it's worth the money. Like uh, the tobacco and the construction and everything. You're not going to be disappointed. You're going to have to relight this ten times. You're going to light it one time able to smoke the whole thing through which is a plus like so all of those things do matter in the end like uh you know you you, you pay a seven a seven dollar cigar sometimes tastes great but you have to relight it 12 times or it cracks or whatever you don't have to deal with that with this cigar you light it up you just smoke it all the way through fantastic cigar uh, as what you would expect from a davidoff right uh, oh Randy? yeah oh yeah no no this this definitely hits again i i, I tip my hat to davidoff for getting out of their comfort zone with this whole black label line. I, I love every one of them. The Amazon and, and Nicaragua are both exceptional um, uh, additions to this line. I love that they got into the Brazilian tobacco. Again, it's a little bit different than a lot of the Brazilians that we get with the Matfina and the, um, oh, what's the other real commonly? Uh, uh, that the, the The Aparaca. Um, so I, I really haven't ever seen the Cubra uh, tobacco even noted in other cigars. So I love that they, they, they got into to the region. They, they really like bought in on the whole like culture of Brazil and really uh, put together a, an amazing uh, presentation with, with this cigar. And, and it, it's, to your point, the, the, Eric, the quality is you know everything you would ever expect of Davidoff. In general, um, and but to your point, you know, I mean, one of the things we talk about with this show is like trying to, you know, have people have these aha moments where maybe you take notes and say, you know, next time I'm having a group of people over and I'm going to hand out cigars and we're going to have a, like a group smoke, and I want to impress them with my my flavor knowledge and my pairing knowledge, uh, you know, if you want to do something special, if it's a special event and you're you know fork out some extra bucks, you know this. This is going to come up for me definitely as, as something I might hand out to people because, like you said, margarita kind of gets a bad rep. People are going to be like, you're really going to have me pair this nice cigar with a margarita? Like, yeah, just you know, work with me here. You know, right, give it a give chance. It, give it a chance. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Randy, next week on Flavor Odyssey, what have you got going? Next week on Flavor Odyssey, we will be rejoined by our, our faithful compatriot, Robbie Raz. We'll be back next week. For uh, another one, we're really excited about. He wasn't. Gonna, he, he was okay missing the margarita. He wasn't going to miss another beer pairing. We are going to be pairing the HVC 500 anniversary oh. with Say no the more. Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale. Um, we'll talk more about it next week. But when that beer came up, everyone got excited. Uh, we're super pumped. Another uh, very, you know, the the cigar is going to drive the saltiness. You know, Eric often talks about the Serie A. HVC doesn't. Great job using some of those Aganorsa leaf uh, cigar uh, tobaccos to drive this salty, peanutty um, characteristic that I know we all kind of go crazy over. So I'm super excited about pairing that with the the Samuel Smith Nut Brown. It's a it's a classic import I used to drink well before uh, you know craft was uh, regularly found here in the states, and uh, so we're super excited about that. 
the following week is going to be a an off week for us as, as we've got some uh, key members doing some travel. So we're going to be taking August 11th off. And then we're going to come back on August 18th. No, that's not right. What's the <laughs> date? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. we're taking... Uh, and then we're going to come back on August 18th. Is that when I'm coming out? I'm going to be in Denver no, for no, one of these shows. No, no. It's got to be later Okay, I, I apologize. So then we'll take the 11th off, come back on the 18th, and we'll finish up the salty segment with the Avo Fogata, and we're going to pair that with Whiskey Sour. Ooh, the ooh, following ooh. week on August 25th, it's we're going to wrap up wild the whole card. season with a wild card, and that is going to be super exciting because I'm going to personally be in Colorado with you fine fellas, and we're going to be doing Flavor Odyssey live from... Uh, the primary studios there for Cigar Dojo. Uh, so you guys won't want to miss any one of those three shows. And uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll find a way on August 11th to uh, I'll, I'll do a live or something like that and blow everybody's mind and say hi to the world and uh, <laughs> remind you guys of the uh, upcoming cigars. So, um, so next week, again, HVC 500 anniversary with Samuel Smith's Nut Brown. Eric, why don't you tell them what is coming up Tell on what they Friday. Want. <laughs> Tell them what they want. Uh, Randy, real quick, uh, on the HBC 500, uh, I have this uh, friend from high school, and he he's like kind of follows me on Facebook, and uh, his name's Doug Gray, and he was like, hey, like my son's getting married. Uh, what should I, I... I want some cigars to have for my son's marriage. Like I want something really, really good. That's a lot of pressure. You, it you, is. You, you got to choose the 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 son's wedding cigar, huh? Right. And so I said, dude, you got to get a box of HVC five hundred. Wow. And so he ordered a box, and so he's so yes. So Doug, I hope you and your son. I think the wedding is this this coming weekend. So congratulations to your son. But the point of of my story is. That cigar is so amazing. Oh it is gosh. one of my favorite cigars. That I can smoke that. I could literally smoke that every day for the rest the of my OG life. The OG Toro size. The OG Toro oh. size is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, coming up this uh, Friday on Smoke Night Live, we are going to be talking to Eric Espinoza. Wahoo! Uh, about Bro. the Whoa. Turtle Two. Psychedelic Turtle 2, look at this, guys. You can get Another it in color. all these different colors. Another color. Nick Labretti will also be on the show. He's from JR Cigars, if you don't know Nick. So you, here's the thing with oh, this. look at those guys. There's only 500 of these. This one, we, we smoked them all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just so you know. There's only 500 of these bundles. And, guys, I'm telling you, this might be the best blend Espinosa has ever done, ever. And I'm not even, I'm not kidding. It is a fantastic cigar. Scott in our studio audience. Scott, talk, just give him the thumbs up if you think that that's an amazing <laughs> cigar. If you like, if you like Padron 1964, what? this we can't say it tastes exactly like no, it's, I'm saying know, it's obviously the, not. It's not it A64. Is, it is it is in that it's same in the ballpark. profile. It is in that same profile. And it is a phenomenal cigar. When they came up with this blend, it's made at the AJ Fernandez. It's made at the AJ Fernandez factory. It is absolutely a knockout blend. There's only 500, so you guys, this comes out the sixth, August sixth. You got to order. I would 
don't order just one. You got to order multiple bundles. Well, plus you can maybe get a ticket to Lazona Palooza. Yeah, there's. Ten. I, I was about. To, I was about. There's to. ten. Right, let me let me do let me do the uh, the yeah. journalistic uh, thing okay. here. Let me ask a couple things here. So right. two things. First and foremost, are we expected to believe that there's going to be golden tickets in these? <laughs> yes, there's ten. There's there was ten. in the are last one too, but they nobody ever. Golden. There's ten. I, hey, I still have two unopened bundles. There's of the OG ten. There's ten. They could, the they could both be in the there. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, possibly. All right, one more question. So, yeah. Eric, is this the same blend that you came out with? No, with, it's like a, it's a this, whole new blend. This is an entirely a whole this is, new this is an entirely okay. new blend, and it's uh, instead of being made at Lazona, it's made at AJ's factory. Um, All right. It is a, a San Andreas Maduro wrapped cigar Ooh. that will just absolutely knock Ooh. your socks off. So what I said when we when we got into this, I was like, Eric, Eric was like, we need we need to do this at AJ's because they know how to do a soft box press perfectly. And I was like, All right, let's do that. And he was like, What do you want? And I said, I want something that is. Has sweet and spice. You said I, don't, I want the Patron nineteen sixty. No, I did not. <laughs> give I, it to I, me. I did not say that. I just said, give me something that is has the a ton of flavor. It's flavor forward and it has some sweetness to it. That's what I asked for, and that's oh. what they gave us in spades. It is an absolute knockout of a cigar, Randy. Uh, you're gonna freak out when you taste this thing. It is yeah. probably the best Espinosa I've ever had in my life, and I love Espinosa cigars. So tune in uh, Friday night for Nick Labretti from JR Cigars, which is where the cigar will be sold. And uh, Eric Espinosa himself will be on Friday night. Randy? Well, that's very exciting. I'm, I'm super pumped, and I love it when you work with uh, a, a company like JR that we know has the server bandwidth to be able to take all the orders that we're going to be flooding in the second you send out uh, that link. So super exciting to, to hear. Can't wait to smoke that one. Uh Honestly, thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in. I don't have the great uh, sign-out that Robbie does, but I, uh, I co-sign everything he always says. So join us next week on Flavor Odyssey as the Odyssey continues. There we go.